0: Hello? Anybody home?
1: Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion
0: that the story is so damning, that the mass of people minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception
1: will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes.
2: Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. If you'd like to contact the show, as always, email us at rdgable, r-d-gable at yahoo.com. Find us on social media, facebook.com forward slash Teachings, and on Twitter at tst underscore underscore radio. And you can visit our website, www.thesecretteachings.info, where you can find our show archive and listen and download the show's Or you can plug in the RSS feed into your player or just search the show on the many radio and podcast players. The show is financed through both your subscriptions to the main archive, though, and through monetized ads played through the free archive. So if you'd like to get rid of those annoying ads, subscribe to the show today. You'll get access to the show, the montage archive, digital versions of my books, and early access to the show, plus a private RSS feed just visit www.thesecretteachings.info. When you support The Secret Teachings, you keep us on air Monday through Friday, five nights a week, right after Ground Zero and Clyde Lewis. We also have some affiliate sponsors on the website and versions of my book that are physical and not digital that you can purchase as well. And for those of you who might not know a lot about The Secret Teachings, we've been here for 10 years. We have covered endless subjects and topics. We have interviewed thousands, probably, I'm not even sure, hundreds of guests, maybe not a thousand, but hundreds of guests at least. And uh, we've done uh, thousands of episodes, tens of thousands of hours of radio. And transitioning into the digital social media age is not something that that is easy for me. I am 31 years old, And I grew up with technology, and I was there with MySpace, and I was there when social media became a thing. But I never got into it. I never understood it. It always made me feel weird. I never liked it. In fact, I only have a Facebook page because I went to film school. And in film school, you know, you had to learn how to connect with other people digitally. And as a result of that, they sort of made me create a Facebook page which I guess I'm grateful for, because if it wouldn't have been for that, you know, I wouldn't have had one for, for radio. I probably would have never created one. And over the years, people have told me, if you, if you just increase your social media presence, just increase it, and, and it'll, like, like it's that easy. And I tell them, well, I've tried. I had a Twitter account. It got canceled. You know, they, they, they basically banned me, and then I, I guess the ban was over, so I created a new one just to see what was going on on Twitter when Elon Musk said he was going to buy it. And that whole deal is still, I believe, in court and social media, you know, outside of Twitter and Facebook. I'm 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 pretty oblivious to it. I I got pretty much banned from get, uh, was a gab gab won't let me post anything. So if you followed us on gab, it was like a couple hundred people, uh, I was on there for just a few weeks and they, they also banned me, I guess. So I, I can't post anything. Uh, Gitter was a pile of garbage as far as I was concerned. I just don't I don't know. I'm not really. And a lot of that is user error. I'll admit, I'm just not good with social media because I don't care. (laughs) Really, that's what it is. I just don't care. You know, I don't care about the likes and the hearts and the shares. I just don't care about that stuff. It's not interesting to me. And I know that's how we communicate today. We communicate with memes. We communicate with emojis. We communicate with with uh, a very reductionist language. But that's not how I, I choose to live my life. And that's obviously just a personal decision. And I'm telling you this so you know a little bit about myself and a little bit about the secret teachings. But, you know, I went out to, to vote on, on uh, the 2nd, so two days ago. I went out to vote on Tuesday and uh, never had voted in, a, in an Arizona election. There was a special election for taxes that I, I voted no on. I did, I did not want taxes raised. I never voted for a candidate in Arizona, and I've only voted one other time when I lived in Florida many years ago. I told a little bit about this story on Tuesday, so I I apologize if it's repetitive. But I went down to the voting center, and they told me that they could not give me a ballot because I was mailed a ballot. And I said, well, I didn't get a ballot. They said, well, if you requested one, you should have gotten one. I said, well, I didn't request one. So it turns into a 45-minute ordeal. And about 15 minutes into the ordeal, everybody was very nice. I I started recording the interaction on my phone because I wanted an audio recording. And I got home and I went to uh, my Twitter page and I just I made a statement. I just put a statement up on Twitter, not because anybody follows me. I mean, I've seen 30, 40 people follow me and my my followers have has not have not increased by I think two this week. I got 30 new followers and it's increased by two followers on the official ticker. So something's clearly wrong there. But anyway, I posted this, uh, this on, on, um, on Twitter, and I, it wasn't even on my official page. That's the other thing. It wasn't even on my official page. I just was scrolling through Twitter. I was looking to see if anybody else had, had made a comment or a statement or anything pertaining to voting, because I went to vote really early uh, on Tuesday, like 7 a.m. They opened at 6 a.m., so I, I go I go to Twitter and I scrolled through and just to, just to see if anybody was saying anything, if anybody had any you know, difficulty with what was going on. And, and this is all I said. This is all I said. I said my voting center claimed I had already received a ballot by request, never requested in the mail and therefore could not get me a paper ballot in person. And I said it took 45 minutes to resolve the issue. No answer on why the system said I had a ballot registered in already. Now, I'm bringing this up because this is a microcosm of a much larger macrocosm and something we haven't discussed for some time here on The Secret Teachings. If you've read my book, The Technological Elixir, you might be aware of some of this stuff. But I'm, 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 I'm simply posting this on Twitter. And when I created this new account a couple of months ago, the first thing I realized, because I had not been on social media... And I don't know, like, I don't know the cultural hashtags and the memes. And I really don't know, honestly, what a lot of people are talking about anymore. I can get it from context clues. People my age, people older than me, people younger than me, unless you're talking to me about history or something actually happening in reality, I I generally speaking have no idea what most of the people my age are talking about. Not, Not because I don't understand the concept, I just don't understand the words they're using. I, I just don't get it, and I feel like'm I'm, I'm like some 70 year old person who's just I'm just supposed to die and, and not you know adapt to the way that the world is. And I've tried to adapt. I've tried to adapt to social media. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't care how many times people show it to me. I don't understand it because my instinct is like, well, that does that just doesn't make any why, – why would I go there for my news? That I don't Why would I go there and just trust what I read? I don't do that on Facebook either. I don't even do that on on news websites I visit. I cross-reference thing. I I don't want a super reduced version of reality given to me as if it is, it is a fact. So anyway, I posted this on Twitter and obviously, and this is, this is the thing I'm, I'm going to be as unbiased and as objective as humanly possible here. There were dozens of people, I think 31 people immediately that liked my, my comment and said that, um, Either they 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 thought that, you know, this was going to be a a big thing across Arizona, like this was going to happen to a lot of people. Other people said, well, it's election fraud. And I made a video. I made a short video and it's posted on our Facebook page. Secret teachings on Facebook or my my personal page, Ryan Gable. And I said, I don't know exactly what this this uh, situation was. I don't necessarily think it was election fraud. I just it was weird because I definitely didn't request a ballot for sure i know i didn't request a ballot they had, they had actually sent me a mail in ballot for something else like a like a sample ballot and i remember getting it and my fiance was even like yeah you got that ballot and you looked like it was this, it was a sample ballot for a special election she said i remember you got that thing and you like immediately ripped it in half you're like i'm not voting in paper i want to go vote in person so i didn't request it i put this on on social media and i get a lot of people that like it and it's because from what their comments are, they they seem to think that it means that I believe in election fraud and that Joe Biden really isn't the president. Now, if this is boring to you as a subject, I promise you we're going to move on from here, but we have to build the show first before we can get into the details. So please stick with me. So all I all I did was I posted this and I get a lot of support for it on Twitter. Now, that doesn't make me feel good. I don't care if people like or retweet or whatever they do on social media. But the other side of the argument was an immediate rejection of what I had said. And people commented on my, my, my statement telling me that I was a liar, I was wrong, that's impossible, they'd have given you a provisional ballot, to which I answered, well, if uh, you read the rest of the statement, which was all of two sentences, you would have realized that the situation was resolved in 45 minutes. And then that person blocks me. So it's like on one side, people immediately take what you say and they move it into a position where it aligns with their point of view. And that point of view can either be the belief that what I'm saying has to do with election fraud or what I'm saying has to be made up because they don't believe that there's ever such a thing as election fraud. Okay, so that's the first thing. Then after several like several dozen people liked it, commented on it and shared it and it it came it came up in a variety of different ways. So there's like I had originally posted it, then it got retweeted and that got retweeted, commented on. It's not like a viral thing. It's just it's just a statement that plugs into and I wasn't aware of it. I was only posting this because I wanted something to talk about on the show Tuesday night. I put this on there and it just gets, gets spread everywhere, which is like a, you know, like a quote-unquote virus. So one side of the spectrum says, I'm making it up. The other side believes it without question, but neither side really understands apparently what that statement was all about. And this is the problem that I have, and this is what, this is what I want to talk to you about tonight. You have, let's call it for lack of a better term, people on the left who dismiss what I say without even reading it because they assume what I believe based on the implication or based on the association with the type of content in the statement. And then people on the right immediately support it because they think that I also am assuming or they're assuming they think I'm also insinuating or implying that there's been some kind of election fraud and that's Now, it could be election issues, it could be anything, like the subject matter is is endless. This is how every single thing is debated today. And debated isn't even the right word, because it's not really debated. This is how every single subject is split. It's either you think it's made up and it's a lie, or you think it's 100% true. Now, the average person outside of social media, I know they don't think like that. But I'm saying this is the world of social media. This is what happens in the digital realm. Now, I've learned over the years that those of you who listen to this show, there are lots of people that listen to this show that do not have social media accounts. So you you don't even probably know what I'm, you know, what I'm sort of referencing here. You, You probably know Twitter, but you know in terms of the likes and the shares and the tweets and all that stuff maybe you know what that is but i know a lot of people don't have social media who specifically who listen to this show some people still send me you know paper you know letters in the mail because they just don't they don't want anything to do with the digital world which i respect that and i understand that and i'm only on here now because of radio but i don't even really keep it up to date and promote it a lot because i just i really don't care and, 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 you know, I know people that are detractors would say, well, why why are you talking about it if you don't care? Well, I'm talking about it because it is a microcosm of a much larger macrocosm. It is a microcosm of uh, virtually every point of view and political persuasion. How people react to something as simple as, as a two-sentence statement that was, you know, essentially innocently posted as a way to kind of document what had happened to me before I made a video and, and it wasn't even a big deal. I got my ballot, I voted, I came home, and that was it. And that turned into, as of last night, Wednesday, August 3rd, tonight is the thir- uh, Thursday, August 4th, 2022. That turned into me receiving death threats. For what? I have no idea. Two people threatened me on Twitter. Why? I, I honestly don't have any idea. I read you the statement I made. And I had, I don't know if they're bots or it's likely they're sock puppets. People telling me that you're making that up. There's no such thing as election fraud. And I said, well, I didn't post anything about election fraud. Why are you making that assumption? And they tell me that they hope I report their threats so I can be investigated by Twitter and law enforcement for making up reports about being threatened that that's that's literally what one of the people said now when i when i read those tweets and the funny thing is i actually reported those two people to twitter within five minutes i'm not joking with i have the email within five minutes twitter responds back to me telling me they found no violation of community standards for threat for the one guy threatening to kill me the other person i think is a woman threatening to uh to contact police and have me arrested for violent rhetoric. That's that's how bad it is. And these are people not, not with like two followers. These are people with like thousands of followers. So th- they're probably sock puppets more than they are bots. But just because of that statement and because of the subsequent responses, somebody threatens to, to kill me. Somebody threatens to to have me arrested for a statement. Now this isn't, Twitter, by the way, like these aren't, this isn't the company Twitter. This, these are people, on, these are just people on Twitter and they don't have apparently any ability or any desire to live their life outside of this, this realm or this sphere. And it reminds me, I played a video game called RuneScape. I don't know if anybody remembers RuneScape. I was a huge, huge, huge RuneScape fan. I think they actually just redid it. I I tried to log into my old account, but I'm assuming they they had wiped that. This was like a year and a half ago. I tried to log into my old account from high school. But RuneScape was an online game, kind of like medieval type game. You can mine material and cut down trees and fish and stuff like that. It was a fun game when I was in high school. But on that game, there were people, you know, you, you can get you can get up to like level. I think it was like level 100 or something. Maybe you could go higher than that but there were people on that game that clearly spent their entire lives on that game. And they, you know, they had the highest level and all the best armor. And, you know, you, you could, you could, you talk to the you could talk on the game, you could type and then the, the, the the words would be uh, put above your character. And that's, you could trade things that way. And with other characters, it was people from all over the world, like hundreds of servers. And so anyway, I, I was, um, I was thinking of that game because there are people that, and that are in that game that, act like they own it because they're there all the time. It becomes their domain. And I think that's exactly what we have with social media. We have people that literally live online. They don't do anything else except scroll through their, their tweets and their Facebooks and their Instagrams. They don't know what's going on outside of that digital environment. They have no idea. And I think that's who these people are that think that they control and that they own that they get to patrol these platforms on behalf of the companies on behalf of their political parties or their political affiliations one person asked me the same guy that threatened me he said why did you feel the need to post something on twitter and i said i don't really think I, i i didn't even argue with him i was like i it's not really an issue. I, of, of It's not an issue that you should be concerned with. I can post wherever I want. But why did you decide to post it there? Because I, I can post it wherever I want. You're not answering the question. I want to know. Like this red guard mentality. That's what I call him. I call him a red guard because that's what he's acting like. He's, a, he's basically a red guard. So I feel, as a result of sharing this story with you, I, I want to tell you that I felt very anxious and very nervous. Not because someone threatened to kill me. I mean, if you come and try to do something to me, I'm going to blow you in half with, uh, well, with some stuff that I won't tell you that I have. But I can tell you that that doesn't bother me. What bothers me is how the, the screen and how the setup of the, the, of the, the social media page and how Twitter automatically tells me that I'm in the wrong, even though somebody threatened me, and then they block me, able being able to post anything on the just on those two people who threatened me on their two uh, those two people's comments. I couldn't post on their comments. I could post elsewhere, but not on their comments. After I reported them for threatening me, Twitter five less than five minutes, and Twitter overturned my my complaint and said that I I, I did I it was basically a false report. They didn't you know they didn't find any evidence even though the tweet was directly there they never removed the tweet just you can threaten people that makes me think that these these two people were sock puppets but this has nothing to do with those two individuals it's the social media interaction itself gives me and gave me and i cuz i've never spent like yesterday i spent a lot of time on twitter watching the, just uh, this total tsunami this barrage of of hatred and and vitriol and maliciousness and and violence over a statement that is, I mean, I think my statement's pretty neutral. Over a single tweet. It's like it's irrelevant. Who cares? I did I just posted it so I'd have a reference point to go back to, you know, when I did the show. That's it and people demand to know why did you post that or why did you do this and then after a while it came out that you know these people were like you're promoting right wing extremism you're dangerous let's just hope nobody gets hurt because of you kind of crap like that and it it makes me and it made me yesterday i got off of it i I was on there i mean for me being on twitter for like 2 hours is a lifetime i never i'm on there for like 5 minutes a night to post my promo and that's it TST underscore underscore radio, by the way, which you can like us, but it's not going to apparently show up as, a, as you're you know following us. So long story short, I feel like shaky and anxious, really shaky and anxious and more, more so last night and I'm, I'm, I'm fine now, but I felt really shaky and anxious and um, I felt stressed in like a subconscious way. I could feel it. Now, I'm a 31-year-old person who I think has my my head screwed on pretty straight, and I do uh, radio professionally, and I interact with people in in public and in conferences I've been to, and online, that can be one out of a hundred or nuts, they're crazy, but this is different, like... just that interaction on social media made me, who I do this professionally and I've interacted with crazy people before, it made me kind of anxious and shake. So what does this do? What do these types of interactions and in the constant flickering screen, the constant videos, the constant pictures and memes, what does this do to young people, particularly young girls? How does this shape who these people are going to become. And it turns out, we've known this for a long time, anorexia and nervous tics, Tourette syndrome, et cetera, are all byproducts of social media. It's, a, it's not a disputable issue. If a single interaction on Twitter for me, one tweet that I just, it's just for show, basically, I just do it to have something for the show. If one thing like that can cause me to have that level of anxiety, what is this doing to young kids who are scrolling through this stuff nonstop every day? I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teaching. Something to think about. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Stay with us. The Secret Teachings Radio Show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Facebook.com forward slash
1: TheSecretTeachings to like us and TST underscore
2: underscore radio to tweet with us.
1: This is David Icke from DavidIcke.com, author of The Phantom Self and The Perception Deception. And you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable.
2: From Ground Zero to The Secret Teachings. Keep your dial tuned to Ground Zero Radio. You could listen to this.
0: And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence.
2: I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. I have a lot of uh, people I know personally that sort of make fun of me and say that um, I'm like an old man. You know, I, I drive really slow. I do things really practically. I, d- I don't like to you know spend a lot of money. I like to keep things uh, super clean. I'm, I'm the kind of person who I want like the plastic cover for the couch. I don't know. I've, I've been like this my whole life, even my early 20s, so... I kind of act like an old, <laughs> I guess, an old guy or something. And maybe that's why uh, from a little bit of, let's call it, market research I've done or, li- you know, listener research I've done, a lot of our listeners are, are uh, not, you know, in their teenage years, 20s or 30s, they're, you know, they're past their 40s. Maybe that's why. But I don't know, I feel that, um, I feel the, 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 the sentiment that a lot of uh, older people feel about social media and uh, about Twitter and Facebook and TikTok and Instagram in particular. And I'm with you. I don't get it. And furthermore, I don't care. And I've tried to get it and it doesn't make sense. And I just don't, I don't care. I'm more interested in reading a book personally. But when I had gotten home Tuesday and posted a post, just put a post up, a tweet, whatever the kids call it, I put up a tweet, okay, and I just had made a statement about my experience at the at the voting booth, right, and uh situation was resolved. I, two sentences. Sentence one was the situation. Sentence two was the resolving of the situation. I just thought it would be something interesting to mention on the show. I didn't think it would take up, you know, more than a segment, but I guess, you know, tonight, it is um, it is a jumping off point for a much larger macrocosm. It's a microcosm. So, I posted this and I get people on one side of the political spectrum that believe me which they should because what I posted was true but they take what I said and they turn it into some politicized election fraud thing which is not what it was intended to be I mean is there election fraud yeah there's there negligence yeah but you know just because I say that doesn't mean that I'm some right-wing Trump supporter which I even told the people at the voting booth that I said I'm I'm an independent I'm not you know, I'm not promoting like I, this has nothing to do with the right wing or whatever. This is just like this is an issue. Don't you think that if, if I was voting Democrat, this would still be an issue, isn't it? You know, I did not request a ballot. You sent me one anyway. And now you're telling me I can't vote in person because my ballots, the other ballots already registered. So then the other side of the political spectrum, they tell me that I made it up. And the more I push back on that, then I ended up getting death threats and people even threatening me to not report their tweets so i was threatened to not report their threats and then when i did report their threats to twitter twitter took less than 5 minutes to respond back and tell me that they found no violation of the terms of service and what i i, th- I think what that is is it's like th- i played this old video game called runescape online it was a it was an online game and you'd have content like moderators on there that worked for the company that made the game. And sometimes, you know, they were just as big of an a-hole as the you know regular players, and they kind of abused their power. And that's, I think that's what these people on Twitter are. I think a lot of them, if they're not bots, I think they're sock puppets. I think that's what they are. I think they're sock puppets, which are basically paid-for government trolls, FBI, CIA, you name it. And they work with Twitter and they basically can do, they have like a diplomatic privilege. They can do whatever they they want. They get away, they can threaten people, threaten to kill people, etc. And nothing is done to them. That's what I feel like it is. And that interaction, you know, yesterday, because I spent a lot of time on Twitter yesterday, the first time I've ever spent more than a few minutes at a time on Twitter, I usually just post my promo and that's it. It gave me a lot of anxiety, a lot of anxiety and i'm prone to anxiety i'll admit that i'm prone to anxiety because i have a way that i feel like things should be done in life and i do things that way and sometimes it takes a lot more energy out of me than than maybe i should be expending on those activities so i'm prone to anxiety no doubt about that but i feel that there's something else there like there's something like heavy inside of me it's like a panic or a uh a, like a really strong desire to just get away from from this like there's something wrong here and that that was just me on twitter for like 2 hours yesterday that was it that, that's that's the feeling i got now i are, i already have a bias i don't i hate social media so i'm i'm telling you i already have a bias i'm prone to anxiety anyway because of of just dealing with so much but at the same time simultaneously it's the interaction with these people on Twitter that made me feel this way. Now, this isn't like, hey, they won. They made me feel this way. And this is some big, you know, this is like some therapy session here on air. It's not. I'm telling you the the, the backstory so you can understand where we're going next. Because my question to you as I left it at the end of the last break, if a, a relatively mildly intelligent person, I don't think I'm a genius, but I'm, I'm mildly intelligent. I can give myself that. If a mildly intelligent person, who although prone to anxiety, which everybody is, who relatively has their head screwed on straight, um, who doesn't take left or right stances on things, I like to look at things as a, you know as a, a circumstantial basis. If I can feel that way from a single social media post, what is the feeling of the twelve-year-old girl? Or the 16 year old girl, or the 10 year old boy, or the 20 year old young adult male, what are these people feeling? What are these people going to experience after long term usage of these platforms? Because I was only on there for two hours over two sentences, roughly two hours. I mean, I was on there, you know, throughout the day yesterday, but. But I'm never on there. That's the thing. I'm never on there. And that's that's how bad I felt with one long-term interaction. But also, I'm 31, and I have had a life of, I mean, a solid adult life of 10 years where I've never really participated in that stuff. So to me, I have an even stronger aversion to it. For people that have never experienced life without it, for people that have Young children who have never had strong relationships with with friends, like having you know playmates, and they make all their friends online. And rather than learning out of a paper book or learning off of a, a chalkboard or a whiteboard, something physical, something you can touch, they learn off of a digital environment where, yeah, you can touch the computer and the and the digital you know, the black mirror that is the tablet, but you're not able to interact directly with the content or the information. What is this doing to the brain? What is this doing to the development of children? We we applaud the, let's work from home and let's learn from home. Well, great, but children have suffered immensely as a result of this, socially, socially, Physiologically, biologically. Childhood development has grinded to a halt in some parts of the world that implemented even harsher lockdowns because of the so-called pandemic, Latin America in particular. We've seen massive increases in the number of people who cannot read or cannot write. And even without the lockdowns, I spoke to a professor from a university in Massachusetts. I met her and her husband, and I think it was their friend or sister, her sister. I met them in, uh, in line at a, a little bread store downtown Tucson. And she was telling me that oh, she's taught for like 30 years. She said there's, there are people in her class that do not know how to f- fully understand how to read and write. Adults that are in college that don't fully know how to read or write. And you look at people with with their phones, and it's it's you know obviously a, a meme in and of itself. But I like I pick up my phone to look at the social media posts for the show, the promos, or to make the promo posts, and it is incredibly addicting. I know it's incredibly addicting because I don't like it, and it's really hard for me to put the phone down. Sometimes I pick it up, and I don't even realize I'm I'm moving through. Like Facebook or something, where I thought I was looking for something, and then I get lost and caught up and caught up in what's what's there. Just happened, uh, you know. This morning, I went online to try to find an article. I knew that there was some, there was a post about it on on Facebook. I got on there, and within a couple minutes, I snapped out of it. and I thought, what the hell just happened? I was trying to find an article, and I, I ended up scrolling through random things. I'm not even looking at them. So remember Sean Parker founding first president of Facebook, he said that there is, within social media, there's this social validation feedback loop, which is precisely what it is. And this social validation feedback loop is intended to exploit, intended to exploit, quote, a vulnerability in human psychology. Another study published in the Journal of Social and Clinical Psychology found that, quote, or when, quote, you use less social media, you are actually less depressed and less lonely, end quote. Which, of course, suggests that, quote, decreased social media use is what causes that qualitative shift in your well-being. Another study reported in Psychology Today was determined that individuals who spent significant time on social media, quote, felt lonelier than those who spent less time engaged in social media. It was also reported that those who, quote, spent more time on social media in a given week felt more isolated than those who checked their social media less, end quote. Eric Pepper, associate professor of health education at San Francisco State University, emphasized that, quote, smartphone use can form neurological connections similar to connections that are seen in individuals with an opioid addiction. Did you know that? I've told people that before. They don't believe me. No, the phone's not, not that dangerous. No, it is. It is just like being addicted to certain types of drugs. In this case, as Eric Pepper said, opioid addiction. Now that addiction stems from the dopamine hit we receive when we hear or when we feel, uh, we see a notification from our phones. You know, I, I I would think that since we are very well aware of this, even the individual who's obsessed with social media, there should be a public outcry for this to be to be. Um, resolved or addressed in some capacity and you know you get companies like apple that say things like well we're going to allow you to or we're going to have a a screen time or a screen lock uh, you know thing so you can see how long you've been using social media or how long you've been using your phone and that'll help you get off of it but what it actually does is it encourages people to to monitor their usage so it actually puts them further into the system And let's say that, you know, they usually use 20 hours, let's say a week, I don't know, 20 hours a week of usage. What happens is if it comes in and says, you know, by the end of the week, you've used 15 hours, you're like, oh, look, I use less hours than average. So I can I can afford more time on social media and I'll still be doing better than I normally am, which is a classic paradox in, uh, you know, lifestyle medicine with uh, weight loss and things of that nature. Because if people are tracking their their calories and all of this stuff what happens is they think, well, I, um, I came in under 200 calories today. That's fantastic. So tomorrow I can eat an additional 200 calories and I'll still be on par, which is, is not, I mean, depending on what you're eating, that's not really how the body works. So really monitoring how long you've been on social media is actually a way that can backfire and cause you to use social media even more and to justify the usage. Now, from this, this study from Eric Pepper the University of, Uh, San Francisco State University, it was determined that people frequently or excessively accessing their phones tend to report, quote, feeling anxious, depressed, isolated, and lonely. And I don't need uh, Eric Pepper. I don't know if he's a doctor, Dr. Pepper. Uh, (laughs) I don't know if he's a doctor, but uh, Eric Pepper, the associate professor, I don't need him to tell me. It's nice to have confirmation. I don't need him to tell me that using your phone's cause anxiety and depression and isolation and loneliness. There's no doubt about that. Researchers from the University of British Columbia even found that mild distractions from a phone notification could cause individuals to experience a decrease of enjoyment in any present moment. Uh, In other words, if you are distracted from looking at your phone, if you're distracted from feeling or listening to your phone for a notification, like let's say you go... um, you go out to a restaurant and you forget your phone in the car. You could go get it, of course, but... Or maybe you go camping and you forget your phone at home or something. I don't know. It's probably the first thing most people pack. All right, we got we got toilet paper. We got a tent. You know, I think we got everything. No, we don't have the phone. That's, that's the first thing. We got to have. make sure we have the phone. What, did you pack your tent? No, I have the phone, though. So basically, it's the idea, the University of British Columbia, it's the idea that if you don't have constant access and connection to your phone... The overall quality of your life is drastically reduced, which is a horrifying notion—that your li- the quality of your life could be reduced because you don't have access to what amounts to a, 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 an opioid addiction. And you find the same thing, by the way, in uh, in processed you know sugars; they will have the same effect as cocaine on the brain and on the body. This next. Article was published in the American Journal of Preventive Medicine, and uh, this is all in my book, The Technological Elixir. By the way, if you want to grab a copy at the Secret it's a mass. It's six hundred pages. It's a massive book, six hundred pages, size eleven font, and it is six by nine. Uh, published in the American Journal of Preventative Medicine, a specific length of time provided for social media usage and its link to loneliness. People who spent more than two hours a day on social media had twice the odds of perceived social isolation than those logged at one hour. Funny thing is, I just pulled all this stuff up out of my book now, but i that's about how long I spent on Twitter yesterday, and I got the death threats and all that over, over just telling of my experience in two sentences when I went to vote Tuesday. So... People who spent two hours on social media had twice the odds of perceived social isolation, which, yeah, of course, if it's one hour, you double it at two hours. I assume it's tripled at three hours. Now, the average is, I don't know if you knew this, but the average, this is wild, the average that we are engaged with our phones, and by extension, social media a day, is four to five hours. Four to five hours. That is a long time. Four to five hours. That is the amount of time it takes me to come up with the topic, make a promotion, the picture, put it up on the website, post it as a promo to Facebook, social media like Twitter, which I spend a few few minutes on and that's it. And uh, then I do the show, you know, and then I get it exported and, and uploaded and all that to the archive. That takes about, if I do it quick, about three and a half hours. On average, it's about four hours. That is how long the average, and that I can do all that in four hours. The average person is wasting four to five hours of their day doing nothing. And yet we talk about how, well, we work too much. 40 hours a week is too much to work. Well, would you have preferred to work 80 hours a week with no breaks? Would you have preferred to work in the conditions of the late, 19th century. Uh, Life is not as hard as you think it is, but because you're an entitled brat, you think you can waste four to five hours a day on your phone and then complain because you have to work part time. I've told this (laughs) story a couple times. Um, My longest uh, friend I have over was like 12 years. We've known known him maybe longer than that, 13, 14 years. I think we've been friends. Uh, He lives in West Virginia. And we had a, a, a semi-mutual friend uh, who was really bad. He was really heavy into drugs and all kinds of other stuff. And he was kind of one of those guys who's always looking for like a new angle, a new scam, or something, trying to make money. And uh, he he had a part-time job working at a it was like a what was it like some kind of it was like a restaurant they smoked meats or something. It was like a barbecue restaurant or something. It was called Smoke. If you I don't know if you want to look it up. It's called Smoke and Jack. So it's in Morgantown, West Virginia. He worked there. And this kid worked there for like, I think he worked there for like six weeks. And, there, and my friend Joey called me and told me, he's like, he's like, dude, he's like, Matt just quit from the restaurant. You want to know why? And I, I said, I, I said, tell me why. This was a couple of years ago. And he said, because he's like, this MFR works six weeks at this restaurant. He works part time and he quit because he said he couldn't handle the hours and he was burnt out. Part time's like, what, 15 to 20 hours a week? He's burned out at fifteen to twenty hours a week. Now I'm not saying that you know we should strive to work as much as possible with with no joy, et cetera, and just be just be happy to be to be numb to the situation. Uh, but here's the here's the here's the real I think fact of the matter and 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 the reality, and I know this to be true. If you're spending on average four to five hours a day on your phone, then whether that's at work or that's at home, you have a serious addiction problem. It's as bad as the drug addicts on the side of the street that are asking me to give them money for drugs. In fact, it might actually be worse than that because you don't really have to pay anything to get access to these drugs. All you have to do is pay your phone bill. And even if you don't, you can still get online and access it. And it's like it's really like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. You know, I, I, I've i seen people that... I mean, I'm talking friends or people I've, I've, I've dated before or, you know, even, I guess, people that are... I don't really spend time with my family, but people that are, I guess, close to my family. I've seen people that literally, like they they're looking at they get they get so absorbed in the phone they don't know what else is going on around them it's it's scary it's like oh what what what, what did you say i'm like are you serious i I've, I've i've said i've said your name like six times you are you that lost in that black mirror that you can't hear what i'm saying i mean this is the exploitation of human psychology it's the exploitation of a vulnerability in human psychology. And I I wouldn't really say, as Sean Parker had called it a vulnerability, that it's a vulnerability. It's the knowledge of inherent social needs and desires for companionship and and social interaction. And it's the exploitation of that with a social validation feedback loop. That's what it is. And you just look study after study after study after study. I've read how many, four or five studies. Here's another study carried out by Brian Primack, Director of the Center for Research on Media Technology and Health at the University of Pittsburgh, Find, finding that we 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 spend on average four to five hours a day on our phone, and then you got kids that want to complain. I don't have time to do anything else because I got to work too much. Put down your phone. Geez, I, I it, it's that simple. It's really that simple. You know, it, it, here's the thing. Here's another microcosm. It's like monkeypox, right? of monkeypox cases are men. 95% gay men with more than one partner on average. Stop having gay sex with more than one person and you won't get monkeypox. It's that simple. I don't have time to do what I want to do. I got to work 40 hours a week. Okay. How long do you spend on your phone every day? I don't know. Well, the average is four to five hours. So if you get rid of half of that, you suddenly have two to two and a half hours of free time every day to do whatever you want to do. Or maybe if you just put your phone down at work, you, maybe you could enjoy work a little bit. I don't know. That's another thing. When you focus on your phone, if you don't have it or you're trying to, th- you're thinking about it, you, it takes you out of the moment and everything. Even if you kind of enjoy your job, if you're focused constantly on your phone, you forget where you are. What? what you don't even hear people talking to you when they're screaming in your ear. Hey! Hey! Hey, I'm trying to ask you a question. Well, you got to be mean about it. you know? Well well, you don't have to have your face in that phone where we're trying to have a conversation or we're eating, you know eating dinner. you see people like that just I've seen like last time I went to an airport, I was in, I was in San Francisco. and I'm sure that you know most of you have seen this if you you've flown recently, but like a lot of the restaurants there, a lot of the, the, um, the airport, uh, you know, little places you go to eat or places you go to get something to drink or whatever not the stores but like the restaurants and stuff they'd say every every table has like a tablet now facing both sides of the table it's like can we talk now I know that people think that I know this for sure because people have told me this they're like well you just like an old man you just don't like this kind of stuff you know and uh you just you just have an issue with with technology right and you just and I think, I, 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 don't, I don't feel that it's an issue with technology. I feel like it's an issue where we just do not use our time wisely. We don't think through the consequences of our actions. We don't consider the effects that it has on other people. I mean, we are, we are uncourteous, unkind. And when when you try, like I saw this thing today ironically on social media, when I went to post the, post the show promo, this thing about, um, it was about relationships and it was like one of those viral type memes. And it said something to the effect of, Hey men, you know, women want you to open the door and buy them flowers and they want you to tell them that they're pretty and buy them a box of chocolates. I don't know, stuff like that. And I thought about that for a second and I, and I, I, um, I just kind of shook my head as I'm doing now, and I thought, okay, that's that might be what women want, but in my experience with all the women I've been with, women hate that, and I don't think it's that they actually hate it. I think it's that they've been conditioned to hate it because you open the door for a woman, and you're assuming she wants you to open the door. That's a microaggression, right? You buy her flowers. You assume she's dainty like a flower. How dare you? Maybe she wanted, uh, you know, she wanted something more manly. Maybe she wanted a toolkit. How dare you assume that? Now, this is this is how young men and young women are being conditioned to think. And it is almost exclusively through social media. So knowing what we know about social media, the effect on relationships, the effect on uh, face to face interactions and and all that. We know that social media, especially, especially TikTok. Is causing an increase, a drastic increase in a number of things. From anorexia to Tourette syndrome to nervous tics. In fact, nervous tics are becoming known as the tick-tock disorder, or the tick-talk, or the nervous tick-talk disorder, because it's so prevalent, especially in young girls. Anxiety, depression, loneliness, suicidal thoughts. Self-hatred, self-destruction, all promoted, all advocated for, all allowed, and all accessible. And we think it's just fun, good, clean, innocent fun, or something to do. It's not. It's dangerous. And I'm going to tell you more about it when we come back from break. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Artie at Yahoo.com. There's more after this. Stay with us.
1: You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info this is linda godfrey author of monsters among us and you are listening to the secret teachings with ryan gable
2: broadcasting from somewhere between heaven hell and purgatory it's the secret teachings on ground zero radio
0: release the kraken
1: Do you like the secret teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. And you're listening to the secret teachings excellent shows keep listening with your host ryan gable
0: think about your hero when you're at ground zero and crawl up to the fall back to me
2: attention you are tuned into restricted airspace tune out immediately this is the frequency of the secret teachings on ground zero radio Welcome back to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you so much for joining us whenever and wherever you are listening around the world. The Secret Teachings Archive at thesecretteachings.info. On the many radio and podcast applications and players. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like to contact the show, rdgable at yahoo.com. Social media, facebook.com forward slash thesecretteachings. And Twitter, TST underscore underscore radio. The show is monetized on the radio podcast players for free. You can listen pretty much anywhere. If You want to get rid of those ads, you can subscribe to the show archive weekly, monthly, or yearly. You get access to the show without those monetized algorithmic ads. You also get access to the montage archive, digital versions of my books, and early access to the show, plus a private RSS feed. Visit our website today or if you have questions, email me and I'll try to help you out with that the best I can. My books are also available on the website. My new book, Liberty Shrugged, is coming very, very, very soon. Hopefully sometime next week or at least uh, it will be coming in August. It will be available for purchase. Uh, It is uh, being printed right now, so it's almost available. And uh, there's a page on the website, by the way. You can go check out the new book and uh, what it's about www.thesecretteachings.info. So a little recap before we go any further. For those of you just joining us, try to keep this brief. I go to vote on Tuesday. I come home. I posted my experience in two sentences on Twitter just because I wanted somewhere to, to post it so I could have a reference point to go back and read my thoughts in that moment if I needed to do so on the show. And I had two immediate responses. I had people on one side of the political spectrum that took what I said and made it about election fraud and made it about Donald Trump and Dominion voting, which I I don't personally think that uh, Joe Biden is the president myself, like in the sense that he's running the country. But even saying that means you believe in election fraud. Was there election fraud? A- a- absolutely. I mean, if Russia helped Trump get elected then you know I don't know if Joe Biden was elected I don't know anything and that's like that's the whole point I think in fact that point can be made stronger by looking at the other response to my twitter post and that other response was i am lying i'm a criminal i'm making things up this is what extremist right wing republicans do when they lose and i'm thinking i'm i'm not i'm a registered independent i'm not, i'm not a republican i'm not any of these things and it escalated yesterday to the point where people started to threaten me, for for what I, I have no idea. But I, peep some somebody threatened to, somebody threatened to kill me. Somebody threatened to have, uh, and I'm not worried about that. I mean, some I actually made a statement about that on Facebook, and someone said, "Hey, they can have my address," and, and I'm like, "Yeah, that's that's how I feel. You want to you want to come get me? I, I, uh, I'm I'm kind of okay with that. Come and get me. Try." So I I didn't I didn't really, and that's not like a macho man thing. That's just like a uh, I'm armed, so if you want to come at me, come at me. I don't, I don't really care. I have uh, no no issue with that. My, my issue is with how Twitter didn't respond to my, my complaint or my report in the way that you would think they, they would respond. They would suspend that other person's account, and I reported these two people because they threatened me in different ways. Twitter not only did not suspend them or remove the tweet, Twitter actually told me that I was wrong. They did not violate their terms of service and then they blocked me from being able to post on their threats that's that's what twitter did now yesterday i spent a lot of time on twitter which i never ever ever am spending a lot of time on twitter or any social media and i started to develop i could tell i started to develop this like shakiness like like in my body and i got really anxious and really really nervous not because someone threatened to kill me. People have been threatening to kill me for, for over a decade now. People threatened to kill me at the Rollins College radio station. You know, security had to escort me out because a bunch of crazy people tried wanted, wanted to kill me. Somebody band, vandalized my car, you know, just because of, oh, well, I'm trying to take a balanced approach on, on air, uh, just like I am now, which, you know, pisses off both sides. At least if you take one-sided stances, at least one side is there to defend you. But anyway, the point is, I felt that way and I felt, I felt bad because I felt that way knowing that the effect that social media had on me has to be exponentially and devastatingly worse on young boys and young girls. I mean, it has to be absolutely devastating especially because I felt that way after a little tiny bit of of interaction with with social media sock puppets trolls regular people whatever I can't imagine what it's like to not know what it's like to not feel anxious and depressed and lonely as a result of um Being on social media because everybody feels anxious and alone sometimes, even if you're married or you have really good friends or you have kids, everybody feels that way. Sometimes that's not a, not a bad thing. And some of that might have to do with childhood trauma or past traumatic events or whatever. I mean, you know, humans are, humans are, I don't want to say fragile, but humans are fragile in the sense that, you know, we are more complex than the physical outer shell. So obviously, everybody feels that way sometimes. It doesn't have anything to do with your partner or your fit kid. You don't love your wife or your husband or your kids. Like, everybody feels that way sometimes. Everybody wants, you know, to some extent, everybody wants validation, right? We want a little bit of validation. And that's what a good relationship is for. That's what having kids is for. We all validate each other. And we're that's what, ha- like a, like, I guess that's the concept traditionally of a family. Validation, support. And not just like verbal support, but support, you know, paying bills, All you know, having a roof over your head defense, all these things. So my, my, my point is, when you have young children who don't know any better and who have only been raised on these types of things, there's, there's going to be some severe consequences. And we are a decade, that's a generation, we are a decade in to the hyper- Obsessive usage of social media, especially the Instagrams, TikToks, Facebooks, Twitter. We're about a generation in. And the results, I think, are evident not just clinically. We know about the clinical evidence because we've, we've just discussed it, just a few studies in the last hour. But also the societal and cultural ramifications of the obsessive compulsive usage of these types of things. For example. TikTok. That's the Chinese. Owned company. Well they own TikTok through a. Through another company called Byte Dance. But TikTok is. Well known to. Trigger. Tourette's. And ticks. In young Children and teenagers and girls in particular. In fact, here's a story out of Australia. You can find, I mean, I just, this was from August 1st. You can find dozens of these. And it's every month, every year. This is just a recent one. TikTok clue to growing bizarre turret-like tick disorder. Tourette's, or not turret. Tourette, Tourette Tourette-like tick disorder. Doctors are seeing increasing numbers of teens with, with this disorder that um, they say could be caused by uh, social media. Also, they call it, I guess, like a pandemic disorder. Oh, it's a pandemic disorder. No, it's, it's called humans locked other humans in cages, and then we wonder why people are traumatized. That's what it is. A virus didn't do that. The article from news.com.au Says the following. Again, August 1st. Or it was just August, yeah, August 1st, 2022. A combination of pandemic lockdowns and videos uploaded to TikTok is being blamed for a surge, a rise, a huge rise, and mostly young women displaying bizarre tics and uncontrollable swearing. They have t- Tourette's. In some cases, the Tourette's syndrome like condition has become so bad that teenagers have filmed themselves banging their heads into furniture or even slapping other people. Outbursts are included, uh, or outbursts that are included rep- include repeatedly. Let me, let me start over again. Outbursts also include repeatedly saying words that have little meaning or no context, doing rude gestures, or making popping noises. Oh, yes, this is what you see at every progressive social justice protest violent outbursts, repeatedly saying words that have no meaning or context. Oh, 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 Black Lives Matter. Oh, racist, racist, racist. Rude gestures, just flipping people off for no reason, screaming at people. Here's one mom who told Channel 9 and 60 Minutes on Sunday, there's a fiercely independent young girl just trapped within her own head, within her own body. It's really hard to watch. That sounds kind of like something that you would attribute to transgenderism or something, right? They just feel trapped in their body. Maybe social media could be contributing to the transition of boys and girls into being girls and boys or being so confused that they become non-gender, non-binary, what would you call them, Aliens. See, kids are usually, even adults are usually uh, going through cycles of of emotion Uh, that could be from chemicals, that could be from events in their life, that could be from past trauma. People feel lonely. Naturally, they feel as if they they need validation and some people more than others. And when you have young people that don't know any different than to use social media, which causes all these conditions and and, and, and exemplifies them. Uh, perfectly um, then what you have is an entire generation whose natural instincts natural inherent desires for social communication are being hijacked and corrupted by anti-social media which is not really social interaction to condition them to accept the metaverse if you will to accept this digital environment this digital world to forget about the world outside of that And as a result of this, not only are their their normal childhood developmental issues not being addressed, they're being made worse intentionally by an intentionally designed system that is intending to exaggerate those quirks and those confusions and those developmental needs that children would otherwise get from their parents or even from their school. And they're not getting those things, so instead... They are transitioning to the opposite sex, or in the case of what this one mom said, told Channel 9 News 60 Minutes, there's a fiercely independent young girl just trapped within her own head, within her own body. It's really hard to watch. Well, see, that's the idea right there. You're trapped in your own body. How do you get out? Well, you must have a penis then. Well, I don't have a penis, but we could get you a penis. That's why you feel the way that you do. And then any of these gender dysphoria things anyway, they like almost in every case, they resolve by the time you're an adult because it has nothing to do with your actual gender. Now, this is one component of the social media issue. And now we're seeing the 60 Minutes Australia and others, and this is just the, it's just the other day. This is two, two three days ago. Um, parents that are watching their children literally... Develop Tourette syndrome and nervous tics and socially unacceptable behaviors in a civil society as a result of using TikTok in particular. I haven't listened to this news clip, but this is 60 Minutes Australia. Let's see if we can play it. A spunky, you know, fiercely independent young girl just trapped within her own head, within her own body. It's really hard to watch her. You were anticipating that one. I was. Yeah. <laughs> you saw it coming.
0: <laughs>
2: what, yeah. What made you want to do that to mom just then? Her stupid voice. Okay. <laughs> you don't mean that though, do you? No.
0: <laughs>
2: and this goes on. They're showing that the, uh, the nervous ticks and the Tourette's syndrome, the stuff they say and the stuff they do, the middle fingers and violent outbursts. And I mean, this, Ladies and gentlemen, is like it's worse than an episode of Black Mirror, and this is exactly what you see if you ever. I've been to plenty of them. If you ever go to a an activist like protest, this is the type of behavior that you see. The, the, so we can blame it on you know political correctness, but a lot of this is coming from social media, and I mean that for the right wing as well. Because I went to a a, a right wing event up in Phoenix, and the people there, it's like they had Tourettes too. It's like uh, uh, Dominion voting machines, Dominion voting machines, and this and the Arizona Senator Wendy Rod was it Wendy, Wendy Rogers, I think it's her name. she was explaining to them why Congress isn't in session right now in the state, and they just couldn't understand. It. They just keep screaming about about Dominion voting machines. It's like it's the exact same thing, the exact same thing. It's just on the right or the left. It's the same thing. It's people that are trapped in their bodies, trapped in their heads, and they have these outbursts because they, they, they have no ability to control their emotions or their expressions, their thoughts. It is literally breaking down human genetics, physiology, biology. It is limiting mental and physical development or even in some cases regressing those developments. I mean, this is like something you'd see in Black Mirror, The Twilight Zone, or you would see this in some kind of, of uh, alien invasion movie, like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. This is how they get access to to the brain and to the body. And you you watch these, I mean, I've seen it in real life. I've seen people that are like this. You watch these kids and you watch these teenagers and these young adults, and not it's not just, oh, they can't put down the phone. And a lot of older people that, I agree with like, ah, oh, these kids are stuck on their phone all the time. I get that, but it's not just because they want to do it. After a while, it becomes such an addiction, they cannot put it down. They, they are unable to put it down. And when they do, they, they start throwing their hands, they act out weird, they have an attitude, you know, just random middle fingers, F you, F you. I mean, that's what you see on like the libs of TikTok channel, right? Just constantly, it's everything. But this, this isn't about politics. This is just about how our culture, how our society is transitioning into one in which mental illness and things like nervous tics and epilepsy and all sorts of other mental and physical and physiological and biological issues are not only considered just an acceptable, normal state of transition into a to a, different, you know, a different world in the 21st century. It's, it's seen as something we should glorify. We, like, we glorify mental illness now. So, you look at some of these articles, and that's just one from Australia. That's 60 Minutes Australia. Here's another one. This one here, the real story behind the TikTok tics. Experts say the movement disorders are often triggered by anxiety and spread through social media, and that all those online videos aren't necessarily helping. That's April 13th of two thousand twenty. Two 13 year old girls having seizures after social media usage. And obviously a lot of this is controversial because it's happening more so to girls and it's being referred to as like a a rejuvenation, a revamping uh, a rebirth of the the old, the old idea that women, you know, are hysterical, right? The association of women and hysterical, which is, you know, the word hy- hysterectomy uh, comes from that hy- hysterical hysteria. So this is something that becomes um, both a social, cultural, biological, physiological, mental, and um, a lot of other things uh, issue. And when you look at, this is just TikTok that is is being. Okay, let me tell you this: I've never used TikTok, so I, I know. But I know that it's. I've seen other people use it. Like I know what it looks like with the, the short videos. I think a lot of what's happening here is, you know, we've we've said that accidentally, we've just sort of created a culture of of instant gratification, you know, microwaves, fast food. That's a natural development, though. This is something different because of the short videos, the, the pulses of light, the flicker rate on the television or your computer screen or your tablet or your, your phone, the lighting up in the middle of the night, the, the, the frequencies, the, the, the band of light, the likes, the dislikes, the hearts, the shares, the tweets, the retweets, the short videos leaving you wanting more, the short tweets leaving you wanting more, the, the inability to communicate outside of these platforms. This is an absolute and total hijacking of, of basic human genetics, basic human psychology, basic human physiology, biology, and Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And it's affecting young girls more than it is young boys. And it's just like, so gay men that have more than one sex partner are almost a hundred percent responsible for monkeypox, but we don't tell them to stop having gay sex. And for young girls, it's mostly young girls who are developing the, the Tourette syndrome and the nervous ticks and the, all these other things. And rather than saying, Hey, maybe it's the social media. Stop using it. We say, Oh no, they've got, they've got drugs for that. They've got, um, you know, classes for that. We, we we can we can let our kids you know work through these problems when the problems are being caused in the case of monkeypox by the promiscuous gay sex and the problems with you know these Tourette syndromes and nervous tics and stuff it's being caused by TikTok and social media. Now the other angle here, of course, is this is not an an accident. Um, this is a story from. June of 2022. I'd assume they've completed this by now. Uh, TikTok said it has completed migrating information on its U.S. users to servers at Oracle Corporation in a move that could address U.S. regulatory concerns over data integrity on the popular short video app. For those of you who might not know, TikTok is one of the world's most popular social media apps, has a billion active users globally. The U.S. is its largest market. Funny thing is, TikTok is owned by ByteDance. ByteDance is a Chinese company. And we know for sure that data from TikTok has been pumped into the Chinese Communist Party database. That's not an accident. That's not a mistake. That's intentional. In other words... Generations of young people are being influenced by communist Chinese propaganda social media apps. And if you're worried about a nuclear war, you're looking in the wrong place. Because the war is on that phone. With that app and other apps like it that are literally sponsored by foreign hostile governments that are owned by foreign hostile governments. That believe that humans must be subservient to the party that there can be no God, there can be nothing except the chairman or the president, whoever runs the party, the Politburo. No free thought, no religion, no God, nothing. That's what we're faced with. And it gets even worse. Remember, remember uh, Donald Trump wanted to, to ban some of these social media platforms, which one thing I, I agreed with Donald Trump, yes, these should, they, they should be banned in the United States. Because this is not an issue of you get to use whatever app you want to use. You're a free American. This is an issue of both national security, from a, from a direct national security perspective, but also long-term national security. Because not only are these young people developing nervous tics and Tourette's syndrome, f you, f you, just middle fingers and slapping people and hitting people and just like twitching and uh, you can, you watch it, people have like seizures and it's 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 depressingly sad. But what's even sadder is we keep giving them the phones. We keep promoting the social media usage. We keep saying this is the direction of the future. This is the direction of the future. No, it's the direction where the Communist Party of China wants to take us because it gets us so comfortable with this type of monitoring and lack of privacy that eventually with social media in general, not just TikTok, we accept the social credit scores as a means by which we can live freely. We're not really living free, but you can live without government interference so long as you have a good social credit score. Then you can fly and take a bus and all of these things. It's just getting us to quietly accept the transition into a hellish, nightmarish future. And China's Communist Party is behind TikTok, especially aimed at young girls. And this is changing not only the behavior of of young girls and causing them to develop mental disorders. This is causing a cultural shift and an ideological shift. Where do you think people are learning about transgenderism, LGBTQ? What do you think people learn about that? They're learning about it from social media more than anything. Do you know what country bans effeminate men on TV? China. Do you know what country does not promote inclusivity and equality? China, yet China is behind promoting those things in other countries like the United States of America. Why? It's because it's never failed before. Promoting homosexuality and transgenderism and transvestites and drag queens. This is, I've said it hundreds of times on this show, thousands of times, hundreds of shows. This is what the communist party did in Germany in the 1920s in the Weimar Republic. I'll leave it at that. You can go research it yourself. And this is exactly what they attempted to do in every single country that they have overthrown since the communist socialist doctrine conception. They target the families, they target the women, they target the men, they confuse the sexes, confuse the genders. This prevents procreation. This promotes social or promotes the degrading of social cohesion, and that's the intention behind all of it. And now it's not getting getting people when they're older. This is getting people when they're really, really young, corrupting them with both ideology and literally brain damaging them. And as parents, you should just absolutely wipe this garbage from children's phones. In fact, if children are going to have phones, give them a flip phone. Oh, and other kids have it. Uh, Okay, other kids smoke uh, weed. Other kids smoke crack. Other kids do a lot of other things. It doesn't mean your kid has to do it. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's more after this. The nervous tick-tock. 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 Social media. I don't know. Um, There's a lot more coming after this. Stay with us.
0: You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey, this is John Peasy at johnpeasy.com and I'm here with Ryan Gable from The Secret Teachings.
2: It's The Secret Teachings, one of the homes of the original Super Bowl analysis, airing exclusively five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio.
1: www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today.
0: Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from Talkstream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in paranormal talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google
2: Play and the iOS App Store. You could listen to this.
0: And again, you know, people say David has no evidence, David has no evidence.
1: This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable.
2: Broadcasting from somewhere between the normal and abnormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare in which fear, loneliness, and the unexplainable walk hand in hand through the shadows. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio, broadcasting five nights a week, Monday through Friday, right after uh, Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero. And um, tonight is is an interesting subject, especially because it can be seen as highly controversial. Social media has long been known to cause anxiety, depression, feelings of isolation and loneliness. You can call it social, but it's obviously just anti social, you know, which is in and of itself a, a statement that has become almost like rhetoric for those that are in opposition to social media usage. But it is an anti social system. TikTok, in particular, though, which is a short video app, is now being documented and has been for a couple of years, but this is becoming very well known. TikTok is responsible for the development of nervous tics, Tourette's syndrome and emotional, sometimes violent, outbursts. TikTok is, furthermore, known to collect and store mass amounts of intimate data. Other apps, social media websites, do the same, but TikTok is arguably even more dangerous because the app is run by a hostile foreign government, and that hostile foreign government is probably the biggest threat to the United States in the world. And not only that, but freedom in any form that it exists in the world. But particularly to the United States, this foreign hostile government is a threat, considering that the United States is the largest user of the TikTok app, particularly young girls. And this is what we're seeing in young girls. We're seeing nervous tics, Tourette's syndrome, emotional, and even violent outbursts. Also, an interesting article that I read to you earlier, and I found this to be... Uh, just as just as unnerving as those other issues. But you have people that, you know, it's, it's like Tourette's where they, you know, they'll often curse and say things like that and they physically act out in a Tourette-like manner. But as I was reading one article, I, I thought this was interesting, I read it to you earlier, that a lot of the times what happens is they are saying words that have little meaning or no context, which is like Tourette's, but... It reminds me of social justice warriors and even right-wing people that are the right-wing version of social justice warriors where they don't really have anything to say. They don't even know what they believe. They don't even know what they're doing. They just scream at you. You know, like racist, sexist, bigot. I mean, that's it's Tourette's is what it is. It's Tourette's. Or it's a version of Tourette's. Microaggression, racist, bigot, sexist, genderist. How dare you misgender me? You dead named me. Just, just absolute mental illness hysteria. And again, considering that the app is run by communist China, it's it's no no doubt, no doubt. It's no surprise that the application is a threat to U.S. national security. But it's also a threat to the development of The youth, the development of the youngest generation, we've seen about 10 years of the usage of these types of things. TikTok is a more relatively uh, recent, you know, uh, development in in terms of of, of news coverage because it's now after, you know, long time usage, it's been shown that young people, usually young girls, are developing these types of, um, of nervous tics and other things like that, which is really a frightening thing. It's basically a foreign hostile government reprogramming or just programming the youth of our country. And it's it's a it's a complex and more covert method of programming the youth than doing so through college and and educational establishments. So it's no wonder that you go to uh, I mean, from San Diego to Texas to Florida. And they're teaching kids um, things like eating bugs and teaching kids how to have gay sex, teaching kids what semen tastes like. That's a real thing in San Diego. What does semen taste like? Ask the young kids. In Texas, it's just gay porn given to the kids. In Florida, it's here's how to eat insects. Oh, by the way, inflation is caused by people that counterfeit money. We had a teacher on uh the show monday to talk about that anastasia billman from florida she's been a teacher for a couple like two two decades or more two and a half decades this is what kids are being taught in a lot of schools and then they simply deny that that is what's being taught despite the fact that we have the textbooks and we've seen the slides and we we, it's on school board like it's it's on websites for the school district school boards talk about it. it's just like it's a that's it's reality So basically what this is, is a younger generation being programmed by a foreign hostile government that does not adhere to the same social justice, social warrior uh, mentality. Like China does not allow feminine men on TV. China does not like gay people. China does not like black people. China does not like inclusion or equality. China does not like equity. China does not like anything except what the party determines to be reality. And yet China is helping to push these ideologies on the youth. So we create gender activists at a very young age or whatever you want to call them, social activists, where we use the open and free system of a right to protest as the means by which to promote a degrading, dehumanizing and demeaning ideology in the name of equality and peace promoted by a country that is the very opposite of equality and peace very opposite of freedom, etc. The U.S. is the largest user of TikTok, young girls in particular, and this is basically the programming of an entire generation by a hostile foreign government. And why Congress is not doing anything is probably because Congress is just as oblivious to this as, as, as the rest of us are. And, of course, there'd be a huge backlash if there was to be a ban on TikTok and Twitter. And this is the kind of thing, well, maybe not Twitter so much, but TikTok. This is the kind of thing that, just like Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida, they they get rid of, well, they don't ban them. They just don't approve textbooks that teach kids how to be racist. They don't approve textbooks that teach, teach kids how to be, you know, genderist and sexist and all these other things. And California's governor, Scum, whatever his name is, He just says that's banning books. And see, what happens is if you try to prevent children from seeing hardcore homosexual, it's one thing to see regular pornography, but to see homosexual pornography or to see trans pornography, to prevent kids from seeing that in a cartoon form nonetheless in states across the country is seen as banning books. And if you were to talk about getting rid of TikTok, it'd be the same thing. Oh, they're banning apps. They're banning books. They're no different than the Nazis. Well, funny thing is, you actually wouldn't be much different than the Nazis, but the banning of certain types of material. I know this is a controversial statement. Please allow me to make it without calling me names. Um, Some of the things the Nazis banned. I agree with those things. I agree with them because if you read Mein Kampf, Hitler said that they were banning smut. And what he called just raw sewage that was being pumped into the mouths of the consumer. So that would be pornography, transvestites, drag queens. That's what was promoted in Germany all throughout the 1920s. That doesn't mean I like Hitler. You know, I I just, when people make that assumption, oh, you must like Hitler. No, I just, I agree with some of the things that Hitler and the Nazi party agreed to ban. Smut, pedophilia, pornography of all kinds, transgenderism, and drag queens in the forums of entertainment that it had been published in to corrupt the minds of the children, to confuse them, and to destroy relationships between adults. And the goal was to bring Germany to its knees to introduce a communist dictatorship, which they couldn't do physically because unlike the Russian uh, uh, Bolshevik Revolution, the German military was able to stop the similar Bolshevik Revolution in Germany right after World War I. So I agree with yes, some of the things that Hitler wanted to ban. Yes, I agree with those things. We we should ban those because those are not those are not kosher, if you will. Those are not cohesive to a civil society. There's a difference between banning a book because it presents the idea that all people are created equal. It's there's a difference between putting a trigger warning on the US Constitution which the National Archives has. And preventing a book, not even banning it, just preventing a book from being placed into public education because it teaches kids how to hate each other based on the color of their skin. There's a huge difference. These people are so bold, though, they will give you literal pornography, specially designed for children, literal pornography, and then say, well, if you want to ban it, you're just a Nazi trying to ban books. Now, in a civil society, when you are promoting this type of material to children, you are a predator, you are a criminal, you are a psychopath, you are a pedophile, or at least a borderline pedophile or a supporter of such an ideology, you intend to corrupt the minds of the youth, you intend to undermine a free and open society, you intend to undermine the rule of law. When you intend to do those types of things, you don't have a right to publish anything that you want to publish and that smut and that filth and that trash that you're trying to shove down the throats of children, like an active sewage pipe exploding in their face, as Hitler called it in Mein Kampf, then we have a problem. And you don't get to submit that stuff, and you don't get to have that stuff approved, and that stuff is not going to be distributed. That's why when you walk out of a, of a sex shop, they put a black bag, you know, put everything in a black bag, right? That's why the sex stores have the windows, either no windows or the windows are all blacked out just like a strip club because it's obscene and because it's not something that in a in a civil society we just have out on the street you can still go to a strip club or a sex store but it's obscene to just have that you know have a sex store with with windows with dildos and things hanging in them next to a McDonald's where kids are playing that's Weimar Germany stuff okay that doesn't work and that violates the social contract because we are not able to function as a civil society if people are not taught and people do not learn. Young kids do not learn what it means to be respectful, what it means to be civil, what it means to be truly equal, meaning that you are provided opportunity and based on that which God has given you as a talent or a skill or based on your hard work, you can use that opportunity to create something including a better life for yourself. You can choose in that free society, choose to have a family, choose to better the world, or you can choose to teach little kids the different names for a penis or a vagina. You can choose to peddle the smut and the pornography. I know it might seem like I'm getting off topic, but I'm not. I promise you, because all of this is being peddled by universities. It's being peddled by even young, uh, like really young, like kindergarten classes, first grade, second grade, third grade. California to Texas to Florida all across the country most of you already know this and of course you listen to this and you're like oh this is like Tucker Carlson and Fox News listen I don't watch Tucker Carlson and Fox News I've watched a few clips I agree with Tucker Carlson that doesn't make me a Republican or a conservative it makes me a concerned citizen it makes me an American nothing has to be reduced to politics to understand it And if you need to reduce it to politics to understand it, you've got a serious mental aversion to reality. TikTok, just like what those kids are being shown in school, simply exacerbates the problem. And that's where a lot of this garbage and nonsense is coming from. And this is another way that children are bombarded everywhere all the time by this nonsense. It is everything, everywhere, all at once. You have a right to protest. You have a right to publish what you want to publish, but you don't have a right to be slanderous or libel. You don't have a right to riot or loot. You don't have a right to hurt other people and take away the rights or the property of other people. And and, and these are things that children should be taught in school because you get this whole idea that, oh, I'm in America, I do whatever I want. It's freedom. Yeah, freedom. I can say whatever I want. No, well, no, you can't. You can't just threaten to kill somebody without repercussions you can't just take somebody's stuff because you're an american that actually make that means you're not an american if you think you can just take somebody's stuff what are you going to do about it these, these are the kinds of things that children need to be taught and it's not going to happen when even when the children are not in school they're absolutely inundated with this kind of social media garbage and that's what it is it's social media smut and and garbage it's filth and you know i feel because i've 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 always kind of um I've always kind of made friends very easily with, uh, let's call them crunchy type people. Okay, like crunchy moms in particular that don't like their kids to wear, you know, chemicals on their skin, like chemical laden sunscreen that'll give you cancer from the benzene. Which I that was a, I said a, nine ten years ago, cancer sunscreen actually gives you cancer. People told me ah, now that's a conspiracy theory. Well, it turns out it's true, and then. You have, uh, I don't know, the parents that are, you know, they don't want their kids to eat certain things. That's the that's the kind of person I am. I mean, you don't want to worry and stress about it too much because if you do, it's it's it just overrides the the benefit from being cautious and aware. But I tend to get along with people like that pretty well. You know, the, the crunchy <laughs> type people, if you will, and um, I find that those people have a very a very lo- logical way of looking at. At the uh, at the world based on how I look at the world, because, you know, you get a lot of parents that will say, well, I don't want to take my phone, the phone away from the child or take away their, you know, their social. That's what they like. That's what makes them happy. And I I never understood that argument. It's like the the crunchy parents I agree with. They're like, well, okay, it might make them happy, but it's also killing them. It's also harmful to them. You let your kid smoke cigarettes because that makes them happy. Are you, are you going to let your kid just, you know, your 16 year old daughter have, you know, gang bangs because it makes her happy or something like that doesn't make any sense. That is so damaging, and so harmful. That idea, well, I was going to let him do it because it makes him happy. You know, little Timmy wanted to get into the oven, so I let him get in there and he wanted me to turn it on. I, I don't know. He just he said it was fun. It was really warm. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, my kid wanted to my kid wanted to, you know, to go to a porn shop at 10. So I took him to a porn shop got my daughter a dildo. I got my my son some, you know, Big Jugs magazines. It's it's cool. Now, to to balance this out, using that as an example, like as an adult, as a young male, like if your dad wants to get you a Playboy or something when you're 17 or 18, that could be beneficial to some extent. I'm willing to hear that argument, that debate. I'm not opposed to pornography. What I'm saying is you don't teach this stuff to children when they're really young unless your intention is to corrupt their minds so wholly that they become nothing more than a blob of organic matter that can be molded into the shape that you want to mold it into. So they become activists and social justice warriors that work tirelessly within their hive mind collective ideologies of Marxism and communism to advocate and demand and create a new world in which there is no freedom or equality. Everybody's impoverished. Everybody is sick. Everybody is living in the same horrific conditions. TikTok, social media, what kids are learning in school, a lot of this stuff is intended to undermine the fabric of society and culture. It's meant to rip the fabric apart at the seams. It's meant to de-adhesive the glue that holds reality together. It's meant to confuse and overturn reality. It's meant to confuse children about their gender, their sex, and where they fit in in the world where their relationships stand with other people that are like them or not like them, girls and boys, men and women, teachers and parents. It's been to teach children that they should not trust their parents and that parents are taught to, tr- uh, to not trust their children and that parents are actually taught that the children belong to the state, like the child could be should be raised in a village. It, th- this creates a culture of depravity. It's dehumanizing. It's demeaning. It's anti-human. It's d de- Destructive to the very fabric of reality itself. It's destructive to nature. It's destructive to God. It's obscene. Now you can have things that are obscene in society as long as they are covered up and prevented from being made available to highly impressionable young people that have not developed until they're about 25. Have not fully developed their brains. When you promote on social media and in schools, all will put them on puberty blockers and drugs and things like that. That stunts their development even further. That literally mentally retards them. That's not rhetoric. Puberty blockers and various forms of the hormone drugs that they were the, just the hormones directly, but the different types of drugs they put kids on hormones, puberty blockers. It literally mentally retards the children. Literally and this is being promoted through the TikToks and the social media. But even if you remove the, the ideology of what's happening, you just go right back to the usage of TikTok. Nervous tics, Tourette's syndrome, violent outbursts, emotional outbursts, and the accumulation of your data by a hostile foreign government. You wonder why, for a lot of people, you wonder why dating is almost impossible? Men and women? You want, you want to know why it's hard to have relationships with people why well, it's hard to find people that are level headed that don't just scream at you from one you know party or the other politically this is this is why it's increasingly more difficult and um you know for, for example let me just i'll use myself as an example as a man like i have an instinct to let's get get a woman flowers right i've bought flowers for like my fiance now, she likes it. And one other girl I dated who liked getting flowers. Every single girl I dated, and I, I would listen to their arguments and I'd be like, okay, maybe it's just, it's just, they just don't like flowers. Every other girl I've dated, not like a ton, but a handful, hated getting flowers, hated getting wine, hated having the door open for them, hated when I told them that they were, they were you know, beautiful or pretty. And I, and, I, and I learned after a while, mostly in my early 20s, the reason for that is because they hate themselves. It is such a self-hatred that they can only get along with people that treat them like filth and garbage, that degrade them and demean them and lower them because that's where they feel that they that's what they feel they deserve. That's where they feel they need to, to be on the hierarchy of, 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 of the of social interaction. And this is for men and women. Men and women. Men are conditioned to treat women as the social momentum dictates. And a lot of women desire to be treated like women, but they're brainwashed and conditioned to demand different treatment or preferential treatment. And then they wonder why men can't satisfy them in any way. And men wonder why women can't satisfy them. And we just get lost in this, this, this blob of nothingness. Because we're being trained and conditioned to want things that we don't actually want. And when we go back to the things that we instinctually desire, then we have good relationships. The fundamental foundation of undermining that natural instinctual connection with other people is so anti-human, it's so alien, it's so hostile, it's so malicious, it's so violent, it's so evil. That the first sign of that ideology we should be put on the defensive, we should immediately reverse course, and we should spit upon it three times to release the evil that is there within. It's an old, you know, uh, it's like a medieval practice. We spit three times and, you know, you can get rid of the demon or the devil or whatever that's on your back. It's a real, real thing. You find that in old grimoires. So the point tonight is, you know, in looking at all of this stuff, you look at the 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 TikToks and the social media, and you look at how it makes people feel, and you look at what's being promoted there and what's being promoted in the school, and you realize that there is an an active attempt to undermine not only American culture and 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 the younger generation. There is an uh, there's an attempt to undermine humanity. It's the only aliens and people that hate humans, who who are human, would want you to feel less social, more lonely depressed, anxious, worried. And I just spent a little bit of time on Twitter yesterday. I never spend time on social media to post a promo. That's why I usually don't respond back to a lot of people right away because I just don't use it. But you use those things and I use those things for a little bit yesterday, social media, and I just felt so anxious and depressed and isolated. And this is what, this is what young people are being raised on. Like I saw a dad at the laundromat the other day I still go to the laundromat and this dad, he came in with his daughter and she's got like a bag of cookies or something and she's eating them sitting there and she finishes the cookies and she's probably like six and this dad's guys probably like his late thirties. She gets up and she's like, and probably the sugar rush and whatever chemicals were in the cookies. And, and she starts like screaming and dan- jumping around. And he's like, he's like, sit down, sit down, sit down. And she's like, no, just immediately, just immediately are arguing. And he's like, sit down and watch YouTube. Sit, here, take this, sit, take my phone and watch YouTube. Like, that's the interaction of parents? That should not be the interaction of parents. You shouldn't have given the daughter the cookies with the chemicals and the garbage and the trash in them to begin with. Second of all, if that's how she's acting, you don't give her a phone, give her YouTube. That's going to make the situation ten times worse. Anxiety, depression, loneliness, isolation, self-hatred, self-harm. Self identity issues. You think that's going to make it better? YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is. Even people that don't like using those things get trapped in them. It's a very, very scary situation. Also, I wanted to briefly comment before the show is over. I read this morning that this WNBA star, Brittany Griner, has been convicted. Nine years in a Russian jail. And uh, I got to be honest with you. I don't like to see, you know, for what she had, she had some, she had like a vape pen with uh, cannabis oil. I don't like to see people go to jail for cannabis. But when someone like Brittany Griner has a contract to play in professional sports and everything is paid for, And you don't have to really do anything in life except play basketball. And you're black on top of that. And you have the audacity to claim that America is a bad place and nothing happens to you. And you can have your cannabis vape pens here and nothing happens to you. And then you fly to Russia arrogantly to play to make more money. By the way, you don't make enough money here because nobody cares about the WNBA. You Fly to Russia to make more money like a lot of WNBA players do and even NBA players. They go to other countries in the offseason. You go to Russia and you bring cannabis and you try to smuggle it into the country and then you get arrested and then you start demanding that the United States bails you out after you don't even want the national anthem to be played at a sporting event. Look at this anti-American piece of garbage, Grime or Griner, whatever her name is, Brittany Griner. Like, in all honesty, it'd be nice if the girl could, like, recognize, oh, America's not so bad. Please help me get home. But as far as I'm concerned, I think she deserves what she got. I think that she deserved to be arrested for trying to smuggle an illicit substance into a foreign country. I think that she deserves to be in jail. I don't know about nine years, but that's what they decided. The max is 10, so they didn't go max. The average is five. High-profile case, so that's probably why they gave her nine. And I find it really disgusting, really disgusting, that the U.S. government is negotiating with Russia on this issue and willing to exchange an arms dealer, Victor Bout. They call him the merchant of death willing to exchange an arms dealer who was conspiring to kill U.S. nationals and selling weapons to Revolutionary Armed Forces in Colombia, you're going to trade that arms dealer who's an actual threat to national security for this pompous, pretentious, uptight, well-off, privileged basketball player who tried to intentionally smuggle an illicit substance into a foreign country where she knew she couldn't take it the entitlement of these people is legendary and she deserves to at least at least for a year that woman needs to rot in a russian jail before she she, she should be brought back to the united states especially when we have soldiers that are prisoners of war and no we're just concerned with this uptight privileged entitled basketball player Russia did not wrongfully detain her. That's how the Russian laws are. If you don't agree with them, that's fine. Don't go to Russia. Shows you how how America isn't so bad. Hope she comes back to the United States and stands for that Pledge of Allegiance. You know, or not the Pledge of Allegiance, the National Anthem. She stands for the national anthem. Maybe she'll uh she won't take any more knees. Maybe she'll be she'll be cool with America. But I'm sure when she comes back she'll still trash talk America, even though she could have ended up in a gulag for the rest of her life, but that's okay. That's okay. And that's precisely the issue with social media, and that's what's, that's what's happening to the younger generation. And uh, that is undermining the, uh, well, the the longevity and security and the, and the productivity of an entire country. People like that. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings, www.thesecretteachings.info. Please subscribe to our archive. Please buy a book. If you don't do that, we're not on air. Our archive is different than Clyde's and Clyde's archive is different than ours so you'll have to subscribe to both of them. I'd recommend you do that, both archives, Aftermath and The Secret Teachings. And check out my books on the website. My new book Liberty Shrug will be out soon. I publish them, I write them, I edit them, I do the pictures, I you know, promote the show I do. I do everything myself here on The Secret Teachings. So please Support this show because that is the only way we stay on air. Monday through Friday, five nights week, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, right after Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. I hope you enjoyed tonight's show. Hope you learned something. Email us at rdgable at yahoo.com if you have questions. And we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. The music tonight, White Bat Audio.